All right, guys, good afternoon and welcome to today's episode of Finding Freedom. So I am super excited to be introducing you to the gorgeous Lauren White. So Lauren and I have actually just been chatting for the last 10 minutes and I'm already so excited and very passionate about what she's going to share with you today. So I actually met Lauren through a friend um, about a year ago and I've kind of been stalking her on Instagram ever since. Um, she's a life coach, um, motivational speaker. Obviously, she's huge on addictions and she works, with addiction, uh, she works as an addiction counsellor. Um, she's also started her own podcast which you can talk mm -hmm. about yourself um, and yeah you work for BXR which obviously is absolutely mega I love the Versa classes obsessed must admit uh -huh. need that Versa kick and um, so yeah if you just want to give the guys you know a quick backstory on who you are and how you got to where you are in your professional career today Awesome. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, just to let you know, I love the name of the podcast, Finding Freedom. Um, it, it's, it's such an amazing name. Um, well, so my name is Lauren White and I am 27 years old. I'm from Hertfordshire, North London, really area. Two brothers and a sister. Um, I'm going to go to my childhood right now because that's like where I'm from. Um, and I am Jewish. I uh, on the outside had everything growing up um materialistically um but the inside had a lot of trauma um the reason why i say that is because the reason why i do the things that i do now is because of the way that i was growing up from a young age i always had incredibly low self-esteem um i was a tomboy um i was dyslexic i was adhd um i always felt less than um it may have come from my childhood it may have come from you know being brought up in a very kind of you know um, private gated area, private school, where it was all about academia and it was all about like being perfect. And, you know, this society around like, you know, you have to get married at a young age, you have to get a degree, go to university. And I had these expectations on myself from a very, very young age. And I guess deep down, I didn't feel like I was good enough. And that stemmed from all these things, but I never spoke about it. So in my childhood, you know, talking about your feelings is not a thing. You know, every time I talk about something, I'd, one of my family members or people around me would say, just brush it off, it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's like, I'd be like, I'm sad. They're like, you're not sad, you're not sad. And I'm like, but I am. So it made things really confusing for me because I was this young girl that, you know, had all these, you know, dreams and hopes and had all these feelings, all these emotions. But I was telling that, you know, I was able to basically live my own life, to live, to live this particular life or do this particular thing. And I was really scared in the way. So a lot of fear growing up. Um, I, at the age of 11, um, witnessed my mum go through breast cancer. It was a very confusing time for me because when my mum had breast cancer, um, I had a very complicated relationship with her and it kind of affected my feelings, my emotions. I went completely into isolation and I went completely into self-sabotage from the age of 11. And how I describe it is, I wasn't picking up substances to change where I felt. I was picking up things like trying to fantasize that I was in another life, going and watching Orange, Orange County and yeah. pretending like I'm in the OC, like all these little things that I tried to do to try and not live reality. And it wasn't until I understood that that was just my way of trying to avoid my feelings. Um, didn't know that until, you know, obviously doing work on myself. On the outside, yet yeah, again, I had everything. Materialistically, yeah. you know, I went to a private school, I had a boyfriend, you know, all the external stuff was amazing, but all the internal stuff was not there. And I share this a lot to people because I want people to know that no matter what, you know, you can have everything on the outside, but you can still self-sabotage on the inside. So 
for me, it was like, I was slowly going on this journey of like, who am I? What is my identity? And then I picked up drinking drugs and drinking drugs at that time was my solution to my problem. And the reason why I share that is because a lot of people think that that was the problem, but really at that time I needed it. When something went on my family or there was an issue or people were struggling or something I didn't want to cope with, I would drink and it would take away those feelings and emotions. But what I came to realize was that if I woke up the next day, the problem would still be there and I'd feel even worse about myself in the process. And I went on this basically tangent from the age of 11 to age of 18 with full-blown addiction and full-blown self-sabotage and looking back it was like I had this element of, element of perfectionism so to get to that place self-sabotage I had to try and be this perfect person and it was tiring it's like I had this like 50 million masks that I had to live like I had to you know be Lauren White the personal trainer Lauren White the this the that and you know I always had to have this identity, this full sense of identity, because if you didn't, then I didn't like myself. And it was all about the fact that I was scared to be rejected and abandoned. And that was it. It was all about, I wanted people to love me and to know me for me. And it was terrifying. And going on, going on, going on. And at the age of 15, my brother went to rehab for alcohol. That was the first time I ever understood alcoholism because I realized that actually drinking too much was, you know, could be an actual problem. Um, and then my mom had issues with it. And at the age of 18, my baby brother went through cancer. So I had two family members that were going through cancer. And that was when I think, you know, I went full blown. That was it. Like if you had my promise, you'd do the things that I would do, but you know what? I don't want to deal with what's going on. I'm just going to go crazy. And that was when I went off and running. And from then on, I went into rehab to get help. Um, I was 18. I was terrified to admit that you've, you know, hit rock bottom is not an easy thing. At the time, it was one of the most, I would say, embarrassing things ever. I didn't want anyone to know. I told everyone I was a work experience. I thought that my life was over. I thought that no one was going to respect me. Um, Lauren, the girl that went into rehab that is, you know, whatever, until... I started to rebuild my life and I came to realize it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. The best thing I ever did. And from then on, um, I pretty much um, gone to the whole, I'm just gonna share my story. So I started working for the Amy Winehouse Foundation, going into schools, doing talks around addiction, mainly my journey. I was working for the Princess Trust, um, going into rehabs, going into hospitals, going into uh, prisons to do talks. And then I lived in Hong Kong and I did it out there. But for me, it was like, I wanted people to understand that you don't need to suffer anymore and that everyone, whether or not you have this amazing life on the outside and you have this facade of everyone struggles. And the, if you can take full responsibility and do something about it and not hate yourself in the process, then you can become the person you always want to be. Because for me, it was about a self-worth thing. It was like, what's the point of me drinking and doing drugs and basically screwing up my life? Because I hated myself. I hated myself so much. So what am I going to do now? I'm going to assert myself a place of love no matter what. And that's the thing. Love yourself no matter what. And that's what I believe in. But yeah, it's a bit about my journey, but... It's, yeah. it's, it's um, like listening to obviously what you're saying. So much of me is like, oh my God, I can relate to so much of it, which in itself is like, it's... 
that kind of taking aback, like shit, there's other people out there. And it's almost that reminder as well that there's so many other people out there going through similar, different, whatever you want to say, backgrounds and experiences and everything growing up. And we never actually know, you know, what is going on. And I think as we get older, there becomes this almost separation or split in society of people who are pushing to positively improve themselves and preaching not preaching but giving off this message of we want to be better and we want to help people and then there's just a lot of people that are trapped and a lot of people who are still in that fear state that state of feeling rejected and feeling like they don't be they aren't accepted and feeling that want to be accepted and I think we are in this place where there's just you know two very different extremes right, right now, now. Mm. um and it is such a, a difficult conversation. Like I find it a lot when I, I speak to people and you can quite often tell if someone's, you know, ready to work on themselves or if they're not. So I think just bringing everything that you, you do together, um, a lot of what you talk about is self-sabotage. So what, what does self-sabotage look like? If someone's listening right now and they're like, you know, I, I, they can maybe relate to aspects of your story as well, but they're maybe still in quite a negative space with it. Or maybe they've started to do some help in themselves. Maybe they've never even thought about rehab or anything like that. We never know who's going to be picking up these episodes and listening. So what would you say on the, the kind of self-sabotage side? Like, how do you identify that? Or can you identify that in yourself? And then what do you do when you do identify it? I mean, self-sabotage comes from a place where you don't feel good enough about yourself. So you can self-sabotage in any way, shape or form. Like if you, let's just say, um, fancy a guy and you go on a date, you, you're, you're about to go on a date with that guy and then you have these elements of like doubt about yourself. You're not good enough. You know, you think he's not going to like you. You self-sabotage and then you don't go on that date. And that is an, that, that is a, that's a minor example of, self-sabotage it could be anything it can be literally um working and then procrastinating that's a form of self-sabotage but it all stems towards self-esteem it all stems towards not loving yourself from the inside and that is all about your belief systems and your um your kind of you know uh beliefs about yourself and it stems from childhood it always stems from childhood the way you've been brought up um and to identify is when you learn about your habits and your beliefs and the way that you believe that you are. And most of the time, your belief system is not really formed around truth. It's formed around how you feel about yourself internally. And if you can catch on your limiting beliefs in your head, like, you know, with my eating disorder, I used to have this thing where it's like, I used to look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. And it's like, you know how many girls look at like one part of the body and they're like, oh my God, my hips, my hips. And like, these are self-limiting beliefs that you have about yourself. If you can catch yourself in that moment and try and change that thought process, you can avoid that behavior because our hobbies are always going to be attached to action. And that action will be defined on how you think and how you feel. So if you're feeling sad, you'll have a thought that's like, oh my God, I'm depressed. I'm not good enough. And that will go into like some sort of cycle that will basically, you know, either be a negative cycle or a positive cycle. If you can catch yourself in that minute and slow down and say to yourself, well, that's not reality. Check the facts. It's not true. And, and alter it and change it into a positive you can avoid that self-sabotaging behavior, whatever it is. Like, for example, how many girls, I'm, I've been guilty of this, how many girls would look in the mirror and think I'm fat and then go eat cake? It's mad. They would self-sabotage and just go and, and, 
and go into this whole, well, I'm just might as well just be fat. It's about looking into those patterns of behaviors and changing it and understanding that you have a choice. We all have a choice. And I, I think that a lot of people don't know much about the mind, but how the mind works is that we all create our own destiny. We're all wired in our own different way. Unfortunately, from the age of zero to seven, or even seven to 11, we've been wired by what our parents have wired us as. So it's basically our childhood stuff. So our thought process is usually the things that we've been brought up with. But if we can catch that as we get older, then we can go into, well, I, I, I can rebuild my own destiny. So when I was younger, I used to like have this belief around, um, you know, uh, drinking and drugs. And I used to have this thing around, well, if my mum's an addict, I'm going to be an addict. And for so long, it was like I convinced myself that I was an addict and an addict. And then I got to the age of like 25, where I was like, well, actually, I don't need to find, I don't need to find myself about anything. And the more I tell myself that on a daily basis, the more I start to recreate my new habits and patterns. Nonetheless, what's helped me so much is to build my self-esteem and my self-worth. So anyone that's struggling at the moment, you're more likely to self-sabotage when you have low self-esteem and low self-worth. You're more likely to peer pressure and people please when you don't feel good about yourself and you, you have incredible low self-esteem. The minute you grow your confidence by being your, and this is what I just have to say right there, becoming your authentic self, believing in yourself no matter what, learning that life is all about lessons, experiences, not negative or not negative, positive or good or bad. And you learn to deal with things head on. Then you get to the point where you're like, actually, I don't care if I'm not good at, you know, uh, singing lessons, but I'm good at this. You learn to love yourself. And when you learn to love yourself, like I don't need to pick up at a, a drinking drugs because I know that isn't serving me. So it's about learning what's right for you or wrong for you, but also learning to love yourself in the process. So I don't know if that answers anything. It but yeah. does. It really does. And I think it's that, it's almost that question that I hear time and time again. And it's it's like, a, it's a question no one can really answer, but just for funsies, how, how do you, how do you learn to believe in yourself? Or how do you learn to love yourself? And I think it is that, it's, it's, it's old as time, but it's just like, how do we actually learn to love ourselves, or how do we actually believe in ourselves? Um, yeah, do you want me to answer the question? We, yeah, go on. How do we do it? How do we do it? Okay, so um, we do it by basically, and I think as human beings, we're all in this world to be, like I said, accepted, and we, we all try and fit into the mold. And the mold can be anything. You know, when you step into um, a job environment and everyone wants you to be a certain way and you're not that certain way, you start to put yourself down. Um, and I get that because for so many years, I tried to become someone that I wasn't because I wasn't scared. I, was, I wasn't, I think I was scared not to be liked by people. I was scared, you know, that I wouldn't be successful. I was scared that I was going to fail. I was scared that, you know, um, if I should have me, which is the real me, then people wouldn't like me. When I went into rehab the second time, I did um, therapy around self-acceptance. And the therapist basically said to me, self-acceptance is basically loving yourself from the good, the bad, and the ugly. Literally to the point where if I make a mistake, I forgive myself. Literally to the point where if I, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't get a job or I, a, a guy breaks up with me, it's about acceptance. Self-acceptance is accepting yourself outwardly and inwardly and knowing that you can't control what's going on around you and that's how your belief system goes you know high because you get to the point where you're like I'm good enough 
I'm good enough, no matter what. I'm good enough if, you know, I don't make a million pounds. I'm good enough if I don't get a Ferrari. I'm good enough if I end up being 60 years old, single. Like that is, that is the epitome of self-belief, is believing yourself no matter what. So how I grew my self-belief and my self-worth and I started to love myself was just basically pure acceptance. I am where I'm meant to be at this moment in time, whether I like it or I don't like it, it is what it is. I cannot control it. So if there's one day I wake up and I eat a load of shit, I get to the evening, I'm like, okay, well, I ate a load of shit, got to accept myself for it. And um, DBT does this really well. Lady Gaga talks about it a lot, but she talks yeah. about radical acceptance being what changed her life. Radical acceptance is it just, just don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. Be compassionate about your failures because for me, I had this today, like I got pulled up on one of my, um, my quotes on Instagram and someone pulled me up for the grammar and said, you know, it's not professional. And, and I look and I kind of messaged her and I said, like, I'm nothing against <laughs> you, Zing, but I'm, I, I'm shit, I'm shit, at, I'm dyslexic, I'm shit at grammar, you know, and, and if, if you don't like that, you don't like that, but that's who I am. And that's what makes me perfectly imperfect. And I'm not going to change that, you know, I was, I was thinking of deleting that, um, that post because I didn't put good grammar. And I said to myself, you know what, the reason why people like me for me is because of me, nothing else. And that's, yeah. and, and, and you may not like that, but that's your, that's your problem. Because the more authentic I become in who I am as a person, from the girl that I was from the age of 11 to the age of eight to the age of five, the Lauren that I was growing up, the more I'm gonna learn to love myself no matter what. So I've become that person I feel. I've become my little Lauren again, yeah. and I love it because I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, this is who I am. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a loser. I, you know, I, I, I love serial killer documentaries. I love yes. going to bed at 9 p.m. You know, yes. that's it. Yes. yes. I'm all about that life. Like literally when you can't sleep, what do you do? 9 p.m. serial killer documentary. There you go. <laughs> it's funny, it's I... funny though, because I, lo I love watching it at 10 a.m. People are like, what? What? First thing in the morning, start my day with a serial killer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I no, would say, no, I was no. I was just saying that, like, to become your authentic self is basically going back to your childhood, and and going to the root, basically the root of who you are from the get go. Not you know, because when we're from the ages, like I said, zero to seven, seven to eleven, we're not really fully in society, and then when we go to our secondary school we start to fit into society. And that's when all my issues started because, you know, at the age of 14, I, um, age 14, I, I modeled, I started working for Abercrombie, Abercrombie and Hollister. I thought the only way guys would like me if I was skinny. And then I started to, you know, work in clubs and my whole identity was around like being this girl that everyone knew. And that's what I think, you know, really changed me as a person. But when I started to go back to like Lauren, when she was four, who loved chess, then I was able to be like, this is who I am. It sounds strange, but it's so simple. I love it. I love it. And it's, um, so I, I obviously have got a very different kind of approach to it all. So I actually do Reiki and um, I do the Reiki kind of once every three weeks. I don't know. 
your beliefs or whatever around spirituality or anything, but it's something that I've, I think we've all got our own coping mechanisms and we all find our own process. And Reiki for me has been the kind of process that's allowed me this last year to kind of explore other ideas. And the the woman that I do it with, it always reverts back to, okay, what would child Claire and, you know, what did child Claire not have? And it is, it's all about that going back to the child and remembering who you were at that age and like, kind of allowing yourself to, to be that age and be that person again and so yeah what you're saying does really make sense but it's mm-hmm. it's hard it is really hard to to sit with and to be present with and to allow yourself to do without losing your mind yeah I think I think the one thing that I've realized is that the more I put pressure on it to get it right all the fucking goddamn time the the harder it is for myself so you know I shared something the other day on Instagram like you know just because I'm in recovery I'm eight years sober and I'm a life coach and a motivational speaker and I'm doing all these things doesn't mean I'm perfect and there's days where I struggle and there's days where I take 10 steps back and there's days where I don't want to see anyone you know and that is you know the more you accept that and learn to know that that is what life is about life is about roller coasters life is about obstacles um, the more you go, you know, the more you go against that, the more you're not accepting yourself and accepting what's going on around you in the process. So I think for me, it's like compassion is one of the most incredible things that I've got tattooed on my arm, like be kind to yourself. It's nice. like for me, I try and not beat myself up on a daily basis because I don't think that we're ever going to get it right as human beings. And I think the more we, we learn to come to that, in any way, shape or form in our lives, the more happier we are. And it's like letting go. And what you spoke about, Reiki is so important because I am spiritual actually. And for me, God changed my life. And God doesn't, and I talk about God a lot because, you know, God doesn't have to be like a religious God or has to be like, you know, a a man in, in the sky. It can be anything. And for me, my God is nature. Because I can be so consumed in my head about what I'm eating for dinner or, you know, what, what's going to happen out of lockdown constantly in the future. But the minute I stay in the present moment and I go outside and I start to see the world for what it is, I realise that I'm just one of a million people. Like, I'm not that important. Like, I spent, I, like, I spent my whole life thinking I, I was the only one. I spent my whole life segregating myself and isolating myself, thinking that, you know, Lauren is the only person struggling in this and my own reality and I shared this the other day was like when I was in rehab and I was like worrying about like this beauty pageant it was stupid this beauty pageant whether like you know I was going to go or not go someone turned around to me and said to me like no one cares Lauren no one gives a shit like I thought that you know a lot of people are struggling with this especially with lockdown they're really because a lot of people in lockdown have got slow they put a bit away or they sway or they you know they're scared to leave and a lot of people have this thing around they're scared of what are people going to think if you can take yourself out of that and realize everyone is fighting their own battle and everyone everyone looks at you at one second and then just does their own thing it's like the most eye-opening thing because I realize that no one cares no one cares what I'm going through so if I want to go out and live my fucking life to my fullest and I don't want to drink and I want to do this and I want to do that I've got to go for it because no one else is going to do it for me. And that was the most eye-opening thing ever. That no, I'm I'm just a small, small girl in a big pond. Yes, I love it. I do love it. It's uh 
it's it's empowering like it is so empowering mm. when you when you do go through that process of acceptance like I swear to gosh I think I've heard that word about five times a day every day for the last year from like people that I look up to mentors leaders and everyone is just like Claire you need to get into acceptance like acceptance 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 and it is so true and I think it's something that we all need to be a little bit more mindful of is just accepting who we are in the moment and accepting whatever we are feeling and just let it pass let us be who we need to be in that moment um and when you can as you said it is 100%. So it is it is the way that we all 100%. want to be yeah i uh, i do absolutely love it okay so it's hot. i get i get it no I was, just, I was just saying about like you know when you said about acceptance it's hard because you know for example like if a, a friend runs more um or like a guy breaks up with you or whatever let's just say for example like a lot of people don't know how to deal with that and they don't know how to accept it and they 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 take it personally and like I said we go back to the rewiring the thinking process like when I came to terms with that you know if I go for something and I don't get it and I change that thinking process into it wasn't meant to be or I change it into you know there's better things out there for me rather than like oh fuck it you know because I think a lot of self people self-sabotage especially like I see a lot of people in high high end jobs or like you know when they're like you know they get rejected a lot they self-sabotage because they just don't think they're good enough and actually at the end of the day like I said go back to that thing of like just because you haven't been accepted by whatever doesn't mean you're not good enough so I hope that helps but yeah it does like it wouldn't it be such a great thing if we could all just understand our saboteurs and and know how to to navigate them and know how to to escape from them, I suppose, is the is the big thing. I was actually on that note looking at through your your recommended reading the other day, and you had that as ego is the enemy enemy Richard Holiday. So I'm actually just about finished that right now, and I think when you talk like that's got a completely different approach to sabotaging and looking at obviously from that total ego perspective. And I just think mm-hmm. for me that that book is having such a huge impact on. Mm when you look at all the greats within it, which obviously guys listening, you have seen me speaking about this book literally every day for this month. I'm obsessed with it. But when you actually look back at some of the, the kind of historical moments and political moments and things that could have been changed if people just reset their ego and just accepted they were there in the moment and they didn't need to be the best and they didn't need to do X, Y, and Z above everyone else. They could just be successful and be great in who they were um, mm-hmm. and I think that's it's such a hard lesson to learn but the more people that are listening to episodes like this and following people like yourself I think we'll start to see that we are allowed to just accept who we are and we're allowed to be our authentic self and there's mm-hmm. no there is no real pressure on it mm-hmm. yeah I mean I'm big around ego because when Freud talks about we like ego being our superpower like at the end we need ego protection ego is what stops us from you know getting hurt really and but a lot of people show their ego because they're scared to get vulnerable and they're scared for connection and intimacy because the only way to get real intimacy is by being raw and being authentic being you know complete honest who you are and my ego would come out really when I'm insecure and so I can see when ego is there and we all have it you know I used to have this thing where like if you know someone came up to me and said to me like oh, who are you? I'd be like, well, I'm Lauren White. You know, I'm sick. And now I'm like, no, I don't need to say that anymore. Like people ask me what I do and I'm like, I don't do anything. 
Like, but the <laughs> thing is, is that it, it's, it's a way to protect ourselves when we all have it and it all comes out. Um, and it's our identity in a way, because we've got to have that element of external validation. Um, yeah. But it, it, it generally, ego for me is what stops me from getting true to myself and vulnerable. So I think it's a really hard one because we all have it, but I'm very aware of it. And I think if people could become more aware of their ego, then they can start, you know, because I learned in rehab, vulnerability is strength. Like I yeah. learned that weakness binds us together, not strength. Most of my friends that I'm close to have all got a connection with because of our vulnerabilities, not yeah. me being like, yeah, I'm sick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so true though. The relationships that we form now and the strongest, the strongest ones, the real relationships as you get older, right? We all, I personally have a really small friendship group, but I have such a small group because I am really intimate and really vulnerable with everyone in my group. And mm. I can, I could turn to any one of them for pretty much anything going on in my life. And they would have my back or be able to support me or be able to relate or show empathy or, you know, mm. give me the tools I needed to go and seek external help. Um, but it is when you're younger, almost that kind of secondary school age you were talking about earlier, it is like, you just want to, we almost ingrain like we need to be popular or we need to be the best. We need to have everything. We need to show this front. And I suppose that's what damaged me for so many years. Like, um, as you know, I said, similar to you, like I did have a, not a dissimilar background and it was that whole putting on a cape, putting on a face, putting on a external and going out into the world and being like, I need to be all of these things. I can be amazing, but not dealing with everything else that's going on behind. So it is a really interesting conversation. I absolutely love it and feel there's so many things we could dive into. So many things. It's, ama it's amazing though, because I think the more pressure I put on myself to basically become this perfect person, the more I was self-sabotaging because I learned that there's no such thing as perfection. So I was literally living this kind of like false pretense of being perfect, which isn't really real. So the more I was living that false pretense of not being like, you know, not, not being real, the more I was basically killing myself inside. So you get this kind of like, you know, expectation, like expectations. Like if you guys can catch those expectations on yourself, forgive you like even with my clients I say you put too much expectation on yourself just relax slow down like you know take it easy there's no there's no like end goal in this there's no like you know you need to get it done by tomorrow like even if you like have a deadline what's going to happen if you get it in a day later all right big deal you know what what happens if you know you fail your a levels all right cool forgive yourself for it you know yeah, I think, and this is a kind of, it's on topic, but it's slightly off topic, I think, with yourself, but mm. obviously you do have quite a good social media following, and your presence is real, it's authentic, it's raw online, but there's not there's not enough people that are authentic and real online and but yeah. we are in this state of constantly comparing and constantly mm -hmm. trying to live up to the expectations of other people it is one of the the biggest dangers of our time like it really is and it's the biggest Completely thing that, that causes negative impacts in mental health and especially over the last year like I there was days where I could be lost on Instagram looking at other people's lives and comparing myself and I'm like this is and no shed this is not even a highlight reel this is like one moment in the universe of everything going on so just for you know people listening what's kind of your take on that and how how can we almost protect ourselves yeah I was doing an uh, Instagram live the other day about loneliness and um, honestly I feel like the more people are on Instagram 
um, getting validation, um, uploading photos that aren't really real life, um, face tuning themselves, um, living this perfect lifestyle, the more you're gonna be lonely inside because it's not real. Um, it's really sad, I see it quite a lot and I see actually the behind the scenes of how much it really affects people, but they'll never show you that. Um, I think the more followers you have, the harder it is because you can be surrounded by so many people, but yet so alone. Um, and I can relate to that a lot. Um, I think it's so important to be aware of who you follow. Um, I don't actually follow any celebrities other than like celebrities I know that I'm friends with. And um, I, um, I don't really comment on people's stuff. I'm sorry about that, but I don't sit there and just comment and engage. I don't think that it needs to be legit. I may have less comment people commenting on me, but who cares? Um, I don't look at Instagram as a be on end all. Yes, with social media, it's like I. So I said to I said to the guy that I did the live with. I said to him, when I when I before I moved to Hong Kong, I worked in nightlife, and my whole social media was all about being with celebrities and well known people. It was like me and clubs. It was like this club, that club, like who I hosted for or whatever, and. I hit a brick wall when I went into rehab the second time because I was like working like a dog and I had this amazing outside life, but I just was like absolutely self-sabotaging on the inside. It wasn't drinking drugs. It was literally people pleasing, no boundaries, nonstop, not sleeping, not looking after myself, saying yes to everything. You know, we all relate. Um, and I remember going to Hong Kong and being like, no, this isn't serving me. Like I deleted all my photos and of like me all like looking prim and proper. And I started to get real and I started to talk about the realness around it. Um, and just talk about, you know, the fact that I'm not a content creator um, and I actually don't like it. I don't like, I don't even like reels to be honest with TikTok, but I just feel like I want to just basically show to people that you can just be who you are and be, you know, whatever you want like you, what is you but the minute you step out and you become this false identity the more you're not accepting yourself so I see a lot of people like with high high incredibly follow, high followings have incredibly low self-esteem so remind yourself that like just because you have followers doesn't mean that you're like loved by everyone or you're happy like I shared this the other day as well like People may show on social media that they may have perfect relationships, but inside they don't. Um, people may, you know, um, show on social media that they go on holidays, but you never know on holiday, they may fucking take a photo, sorry to swear, take a photo and then hate it. You know, you just, just never know. So don't judge it on what people um, are putting up, but also remember, that it's not real life. It's a highlight reel of what they want you to see. And just be careful of what you're looking at. And I, that's just my only advice to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like 100% agreeing with all of that. Definitely. I went, I constantly go through a bit of a like unfollow dump. And I just, anybody, so important. Like, I'm like, if I don't want any of this on my feet, I just unfollow. And it, it might seem harsh. I've even had people, you know, message me, which you probably had as well. People message me, I can't believe you just unfollowed me. And I'm like, what's going on in your life that you've noticed that not only have I unfollowed you because it's not like you get a notification like you must really be like keeping track on it. of yeah. people's behavior if you've you've got the time to message me and say that and I just yeah. think it's people's minds are just so 
yeah centered on this whole social aspect because that's kind of what we've been forced into a lot this mm-hmm. last year and I just think coming out of it now um it's going to be interesting I know there's a lot of fear there's a lot of anxiety for people now going back into the norm obviously you're in the the health and wellness space like you do marketing right so I imagine there's a whole load of other angles and pressures and stuff going on there as well um mm. and it is just such an interesting take to think about you know, social media's impact on people over the last year and what people are now going to be like as they, you know, face the world with whatever new, dare I say, mental health problems, issues they're now starting to identify or relate to. Um, yeah, it's it's sad in a way, but it's also, it's going to be a huge learning curve, I think, for us all over the next coming months. 100%. I feel that the more you're on your phone and you're not present and you're on social media, the more you're not enjoying what's going on around you. And that's real life. Um, So really look around and ask yourself if you know, if you're spending too much time on your phone because you're not in the present moment and you're not able to connect with others in the present moment. Um, I've definitely, you know, put boundaries in with that, you know, every single night now I don't go on my phone and I, you know, I don't reply to people's messages. Um, a lot of my friends know about this about me now. When I say that I don't want to speak to people, it's not nothing personal, but it's like, you know, I can't enjoy, you know, when I'm having dinner, I'm sitting there on my phone on social media. What, like, how, how am I meant to enjoy my dinner with my family? Like, you know, the real world is more important than our phones and social media because that's not the real world. And if you're on it too much and you're constantly, constantly just in, it's almost like you're in a different reality. It's yeah. like me talking about when I was 11, 12 years old, watching constant things to try and get out of reality. That is literally what we're trying to do. And you can't have connection. And I think as human beings, it is terrifying to have, it's terrifying to have connection, but we need that connection. We need that intimacy. And, you know, of course, it's amazing to be on phones. And it's like, you know, it helped us so much in the pandemic. But it's about that balance. And I think balance is so key. Yeah, I again, I'm so in agreement. Okay, so we haven't got much time left, so I just want you. Yeah, to... I do need to leave in like five minutes. Yeah, so my I just dad's want outside. You... <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. I just want you to super quick just tell the guys about. Obviously, you've got your new podcast. You're so your co-host. It's between the ears. So, what's kind of like your elevator pitch, if you like? Then let's let's. What's going to get people to head over and give your podcast a listen? So me and Fabian Cowdery, Fabian is an ex-cricket um, um, England player. His whole family, like his dad was like uh, the head of cricket England. Like his whole family is basically like high achievers. He suffered his own issues of mental health, kind of like, you know, had to give up cricket at a young age. He's got his own journey on mental health. I've got my own journey on mental health. Um, the plug is basically like, we're going to have two episodes a week. Um, Thursday episode is going to be a guest and these guests are incredible each guest is going to be under a series Um, our first series is around vulnerability and courage Um, you know we're bringing people from all walks of life um, to share their stories and then Sunday is going to be like a performance um, like a 15 minute episode around a topic that we're going to pick out of a hat and that's what we're going to get people to focus on throughout the week because we want people to be leaving with this element of like, okay, well, I've heard the story, but how do I change myself? 
So it can be anything from positivity. It can be anything from, um, you know, compassion. It can be love. And we want people to basically learn and grow and try to find their own unique self and their own journey and their own story. And um, it's going to be amazing. Like, trust me. I love I'm it. super excited. I love it. I was like stalking on your content earlier on and I was like, oh, it already looks so good. Yeah, you guys are oh, to a winner there. It thank does you look, so much. It does look mega. Okay, so I have one favor and then that's it. You can head. So obviously I will pop your handle and stuff in the show notes um, and give Amazing. people a link to your Instagram. Um, all your links and stuff are on there. So basically all I ask guests is at the very end is, as I kind of touched on at the beginning, we don't know who's picked up this episode. We don't know what state of mind they're in right now. We don't know if they are about to start their day, they're on their lunch break, they're about to go to bed. We don't know what's going on in their life right now. And as a outsider looking in, what is one message that you could give that might just be the one message that someone needs to hear today to turn their day around or to give them a little bit of hope or a little bit of positivity and just send them on their way? I honestly, I would just say, guys, you're fucking, you're amazing. Like you've got this, you know, the more you tell yourself on a daily basis that you are amazing and you've got this and that no matter what the outcome, and it's never really about the outcome, but no matter what happens in this world, you've got this and just believe, just believe in yourself, have that self-belief, have that self-worth. And, and, and if you fail in it, just keep pushing. And it's about, you know, if you get knocked down, get back up again keep fighting, you know, we're all fighters. And the more we start to believe in our own, you know, journey, like I said, and stop comparing ourselves to others and what our own uniqueness of who we are, the happier we are as human beings. So, you know, just, just remind yourself that I believe in it. So you need to believe in it because you're the only person that can do that. Yes, I love it. Okay, thank you so, so much.